I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and today we are discussing... Disney's 1995 Pocahontas. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, this one I think is going to be a little different than we've done in the past. Um, we do not have a guest for this one. Uh, this is one that I think I've been, I don't want to say avoiding, but but really have done, have been thinking about how we wanted to handle this in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are new to the podcast, let's talk some, about kind of our position towards this movie real quick we are two we are a white couple Mm -hmm. uh we live in texas which you know that is indigenous you know we we live on what was once native land Mm -hmm. um we're people that we i don't think we have uh, i don't really know anybody too well that is an indigenous person or 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 comes from native peoples i don't either uh i i have in the past but not presently right we reached out uh, to get as much opinion and information about this uh, particular subject as we could from friends of friends, you know, did a, I did a lot more research on this one, not particularly, you know, usually I'll watch the video that's like the making of this one. I did a lot of research, uh, had some people, some of you out there, some of our fairy tale friends uh, pointed out some people for me to talk to that I got a chance to talk to about this. And so a big thank you, thank you to, to them. those because I, th- I think yes. that helped us yes. frame how we're going to move forward with this episode. Uh, this one is a hard one, I think. It's... Yeah, I, I think uh, for those of you who have been longtime listeners, when we did Peter Pan would probably yes. be the other time that we encountered some really insensitive subject matter on how people were portrayed right and this one i think is more involved because the story is not historically accurate and it's based on a historical person yes as well as uh the indigenous people are not portrayed yes in the most accurate of light well the other thing that i think that makes this one harder than say a Peter Pan, or let's even go further, a Song of the South, in its, which we've not covered, we, and we, we won't, won't. Um, is because this one is newer, and it's you know it's easy for us to say Peter Pan is bad because it was very antiquated, very very obviously. It was issues. based on source material many years before it came out, but in the same breath, this was based on an actual historical. Yes. But I also think the, the the inaccuracies and the issues presented here are harder to find through a Anglo-Saxon white lens. You know, it's easy if you look yeah, at I these two things, that. you go, oh, God, there's a lot of problems with Peter Pan. Pocahontas is still considered, you know, Pocahontas still is, is, is a, a front-facing Disney princess. Yes. Is someone they, they, you know, they put on, she was in. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet when they bring, brought in all the Disney princesses. She's, she's. I just posted a princess quiz. She's one of the princesses you can yes. be in a quiz. You see her quite a bit in in and, that. 
and that's extremely problematic for a few reasons and we're going to get into those today but let's go ahead and start kind of a little bit with you know yeah so i our usual things i want to talk about uh you know where we usually start so i guess that's what we'll go into it uh i don't know if we also want to just put a disclaimer on um the movie itself i'm Mm -hmm. sure disney will have a disclaimer but the language uh, some of the way, some mm. of the different phrases and different words that they use to refer to indigenous people. Uh, I don't believe we will say them on the podcast, but it yeah. is present in the music. It's present in the dialogue. Um, and it is also some of the facts I brought up. So in those cases, I will say, if you want to see what the language is, you can go and look it up. The other thing I want to put as a warning on this one is I'm going to get pretty... Uh, blunt with some things um, you know we're going to talk about genocide because that is an issue that that has happened to these people mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk about some maybe if if you're an indigenous person and let's say you know there's some I, I will bring up some issues that may I hope aren't I, that, that may be triggering to you um, some recent uh, um, current events so might be if these those type of things are something you don't want to hear Skip this one. We've got plenty of episodes to listen to, but I think it's important for us to talk about this stuff, especially because we're, I think we have, right now we have a small audience and as of the, as of the recording of this, we're a prominently white audience. And And I think it's important for, for us as two white people doing this and us, you and me, the, the the listener, uh, if you're, if you're a, a Anglo-Saxon white, you know, uh, 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 descendant of colonizers to really listen to this sort of thing and maybe do some of your own research and start looking at this because I think we have, I think we haven't in the past and we need to. And I will say Ryan and I did talk in depth about how we would present this episode, wanting to do it um, in the best way possible. But as always, we are open to your opinions and your thoughts as well. Yes. So if there's something we get wrong, if there's something um, that we don't catch, uh, you know, please feel free to email us, to call us, to send us a message or post on the Facebook page. So I just kind of want to put that out there at the beginning as well. Right. And so with that, uh, we'll go into the episode. So... It came out the same year as Toy Story, mm-hmm. and we mentioned that in the Toy Story episode because it beat Toy Story as far as Oscars go with music. Mm-hmm. It won for Best Original Song with Colors of the Wind, and it won Best Original Music uh, or Comedy Score was the other Oscar that it won. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 55%. So I think that may reflect what we're about to go into and right. why it has a low percentage. What I will say, and I have some facts about this a little bit later, it is a beautiful movie in the sense of animation, in the sense of what animation was doing, the backgrounds, the, the landscapes. Um, there were some big things that they did to push Disney animation forward. So we'll be highlighting that as well. But we first want to start with the historical context of the story and so um one of the facts i read right off the bat and this is the other thing that i'm going to say when you're looking up research for this really try to do your due diligence because i read a fact off of i believe imdb that said the movie release was the 400th anniversary of the real pocahontas's birth when i looked up pocahontas's birth 
I looked to Wikipedia. I looked one or two other places. They have a circa year, but they don't have a month. So, So yes. that's an example of an assumption, I think, there. I, I don't know that they knew the exact day and month that she was to say, right? right? So well, that's one of many examples that I'm going to have of that. One of the problems to look for in this kind of, of storytelling um, in particular is, you know, I, 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 a lot of the information I read was, you know, like so much of what anyone knows about native culture, like 90% of it, and that's kind of a made up percentage, but a large percentage of it is fictional accounts of history. Mm -hmm. The majority of representation of indigenous peoples, like this was all based, I read a, um, a thesis paper it's called decolonizing sexualized culture images of native people colon bringing sexy back to native studies and it's talking a lot about sexualization of of people uh it's funny because they don't actually mention pocahontas the movie very much they mention other versions but we'll go into that a little bit but they talked about how you know especially up into that point and even up into the point where this was published which was in 2012 the majority of everything you see, you know, there's not stories of like, what is, here's the Pocahontas story as told by natives on film from a, a majority, from a, a historical standpoint. Most of what people know is what they found out from the colonists. the colonizers. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, and so those, you know, that's why this sort of thing is harmful. And this sort of storytelling is a real issue. So we're going to, at least I know in my notes, I don't know about yours, but I have some very specific examples that I mm -hmm. will bring to light when I came across them. I want to share them. So if you come across them, yes. you can kind of also be in that mindset. But I'm not a historian, but I did try to find the origins of the story of Pocahontas, of her people, mm -hmm. of the colonists, and what was true versus what was fictional with the Disney movie. So this is what I found. Um... She was a part of the Powhatan people, and mm -hmm. her father was, she was the daughter of a paramount chief of a network of um, tributary tribes, and they were in what was called the Tidewater region of Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so she winds up being captured and held for ransom by colonists during hostilities in 1613. Mm -hmm. And before I go into her captivity, She's said to have met John Smith before that. Mm -hmm. She's said to have met John Smith. Uh, apparently, there was a hunting party that was out with the Powhatan people. They were out hunting. It was a close relative of her father, and they captured Smith. He was out exploring, is what I read, in 1607. Uh, in Smith's 1608 account, he has several accounts throughout history, and each one of them get a little bit more... I don't know that dramatic's the right word, but exaggerate it in mm -hmm. what happened. But in his first account, he describes a great feast followed by a long talk with, I believe, the chief and some of the other Powhatan people. He claims he met Pocahontas months after that. But then in 1616, after she's been in captivity, she's traveling to England, and he writes a letter to the Queen Anne of Denmark. And this is when he starts saying that there was a threat of death and Pocahontas saved him. She kind of came to his side, came to his aid. 
and interfered and saved him. So that's kind of the second account from John Smith's point of view. So is that something that happens? So just to kind of give a little bit of, of reference, I haven't seen this movie. Is her saving him something that happens in the movie? Yes, she okay. gets involved um, at some point. So now there's a third account, and there's conflicting opinions by historians over which account uh, is true. And the third account is a bit more exaggerated than the second account. But it's similar to, it's comparable to the second account. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there, that there yeah. are several accounts. Early histo- histories established that she did befriend him and the Jamestown colony. So what I read was that uh, before she was in captivity, she would bring the colonists food and she saved them from starvation. That she, and again, mm-hmm. this is from potentially their point of view, but this is the histories that I found. Yeah. That she brought them food, she played games with them, she interacted with them, is what I read. Now again, I'm reading this um, as a not as much of a deep dive as I probably could do. So again, I don't know how accurate it was, but it seemed like she interacted with them several years before hostilities and tensions and things got much worse between the people as well as before she was in captivity by the colonists. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to mention about her captivity Uh, That goes to 1613. So during captivity, she's encouraged, and I like that they use that word, encouraged, to convert to Christianity. I don't know how much it was encouragement as much as it may have been forced. Again, this is where there's, you know, there's a lot out there, and it's all about where the resources are that you're finding it. So I'm just kind of giving a, a short version of it. So she converts to Christianity. She's baptized under the name Rebecca. Hi. She well, Pocahontas wasn't her name. Did, at least that's what they I read in some of the Disney stuff. She had another name, and Pocahontas was like a nickname given to her okay. that meant something else in the Powhatan language. So that I didn't come across, but that very well could be. I true. also got that from some from of Disney. my Disney stuff, yeah. so that could have been a little off. I I did read somewhere that she had another name that was, excuse me, very hard to read and pronounce for me. Uh, we'll try and get that up somewhere, but uh, so she did have okay, like so another we name can originally. Look up the yeah. origin of her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then marries a tobacco planter named John Ralph in 1614. So she's held captive in 1613. Within that time, she converts to Christianity. She's let's just she's, go ahead and say she was forced into Christianity. Yeah, there's no she's question. Baptized. Yes. So she is under a, a, a baptism name, and then she marries, and this all happens in a very short amount of time. After yes. they've captured her. Uh, so she marries at what they say is between 17 and 18 years old mm-hmm. to John Ralph. And she has a son the year after in 1615. His name is Thomas. In 1616, they go to London. And that's when John Smith wrote that letter to the Queen of Denmark. They go to London and she's presented to English society as an example. And this is the only time I will use this word because this was directly a direct quote as a civilized savage which like turned my stomach but Mm -hmm. she was presented as they wanted hopes of stimulating investment in the jamestown settlement they didn't want people to be nervous or worried or upset about the people who were living on the land for the Jamestown <laughs> the settlement. Whose land they yes, were people whose land they were stealing yeah. so that was kind of the main reason she went to london 
1617, the family set sail to go back to Jamestown, and she dies. She dies in Gravesend, I think it's Gravesend, or Gravesend, in England. And again, I did a quick search and found unknown causes. So if anyone knows more about that, I, I would actually love to know if there is more historical yes. information out there about her death. But she was around 20 to 21 years old when she passed away. So those last several years of her life, my heart broke reading yeah. this story um, about her, you know, being in a foreign place with people who held her captive, who then became her family. Uh, and there's just so much there. And so I wanted us to be aware of that before we moved forward. Right. Well, with it informs like that idea. It, it, it turns your stomach that she is being used as essentially a, for, for lack of a better term, a marketing tool. Yeah. To be like, let's look, look, look what civilization has done. That's something that's a, it's a common trope, I think, is and is extends all the way to 1995's Pocahontas, is the idea of, let me see, there was an exact term I had for it, but it's the idea of like the children of Eden uh, ideal of, of native peoples. Yeah. Like that you're, you're walking to these people who haven't been civilized and they're, Oh, look how naive they are. And if only we could bring them like the Lord and this, it's Adam and mm-hmm. Eve. It's that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and if we s- convert them to our side. Yes. Y- yeah. It's a common, you know, trope within this. It's a, you know, also a common trope within this movie that and I think- she is giving, she is turning against her way of life to help, this white man as if he is you know the epitome of what she wants to be and and something to necessarily uh strive for yeah that civilization that yeah you know that sort of thing yeah and i want to go into the love story that disney presents um versus the historical context where there is no historical account of her having a romantic relationship with john smith right. and in fact Something I was reading, and I don't remember the dates, but I believe John Smith goes back to London before she's held in captivity, and Mm -hmm. she's told that he's died. And it's not until she goes to London that she finds out that he is alive and well, but back in London. Right. So, um... Let's talk a little bit about that love story, too, because they age her up. Yes. They age her up in order to make her 18 to meet him. So, immediately, they take a child... The story of a child, and they age her to make her sexually available or decent, you know, like within the confines of the of of the current time mm-hmm. of 1995's acceptable age of of like consent. So they've dragged her out of her ability to, con- you know, for her her inability to concede and to consent, and have presented her as someone who like this is her choice. This is fine. It's okay. So that's bizarre. Um, that was one of the things that someone. There was some some stuff on face on uh, Facebook on um, the internet. I found where there was. I, I want to bring up this similarity because it really put this whole thing into focus to me. That the story of aging up Pocahontas and making her fall in love with one of the colonizers, the people who would go on to. And I just have a question. Yes. I've been saying colonists, and you've been saying colonizers. Is there a a, a better like is one um, over the other or i'm using colonists because that's what they refer to them in the movie and that's what i right. knew growing up but i don't growing up i th- i think and i don't know 
that it's kind of one is a more aggressive term than the other. Colonizer is you're coming in and you're colonizing. Which is what they did. Yes. So, okay. So I, I think right, it's either fine. way is probably okay for sure. the purposes of this. Okay. But um, the idea of, of her um, being aged up to the age of, 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 of sexual consent and paired with one of uh, the colonists or the colonizers who would go on to destroy 90% of these people like uh nationwide continent wide yeah. would 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 go on to start a genocide of of disease of active murder of mm-hmm. you know all sorts of 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 cultural of- genocide is is similar to having disney do like disney's Anne frank in which we age up Anne frank and have her fall in love with a i'm using finger quotes kind nazi and find common ground between the two. Yeah. And when I heard it that way, I think that really put this movie into perspective and, and the kind of, I think, danger that this movie presents. Yeah. And and let me talk, talk about that for a little bit because you came into this and I there is a part of me that my heart breaks for you, much less than it does for the people who are actually harmed the by this The people who thing. are being portrayed in this film. Right, yes. but you are were like, oh, I loved this movie as a this kid. And I, think, of, I, I think it's... A, I, I think it is important to talk about that a little bit again, being a little white girl, um, you know, in the nineties that I was 11, 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12, when this came out, um, I loved the music. I loved how beautiful the film is. I loved the colors of the film. I loved, uh, you know, so much about this story and I've not seen it since I was young and doing my research, it really shook me. Uh, and I want to go into that a little bit. I have an art book. We've talked about the art books I have for several mm-hmm. movies. I have one for Pocahontas, and I'm going to be referring to this throughout, but we're kind of talking about this here, so I wanted to talk about it. Uh, Gabriel, uh, what was his first name? Mike. I don't, I don't Mike know. Gabriel is kind of the filmmaker, and he did Rescuers Down Under. He was the one who was kind of in charge of the story and came up with the idea. And in the introduction, the first page in the art book, it says that while he was happily surrounded by his family, enjoying a traditional Thanksgiving festivities, he found himself musing over exactly what project to tackle next. In quotes, as soon as I thought of the Native American girl Pocahontas and her coming together with John Smith, a story of two separate clashing worlds trying to understand each other, it hit me that was it. I got so excited, I blurted out to my family, I've got yeah. the next big idea, Pocahontas. That's in quotes. So I, that is quoting Gabriel. And what I want to say here, and what we're going to continue to talk about, is the filmmakers were so ignorant and naive, and they thought they were doing the source material justice. They did not think it was a big deal to... They said, who knows? She could have been in love with him. There's no way for us to know. It's very much that like, well, we've not come across anything that says it was a definitive no. This movie is a lot of white people patting themselves on the back for like doing the bare minimum of of history searching. And And, and you were saying also like as a young white girl, you remembered loving this movie. It's not just you as a young white girl. There were some of the people I talked to about this who are indigenous themselves or indigenous peoples themselves 
um, said, oh, I used to love this movie when I was a kid. Because well, there was because something about they, representation. representation on the screen. Yeah. And what we should say here is Disney did hire actors and actresses yes. that were Native American to play those roles. Well, just Powhatan and, and Pocahontas, as far as I can tell. The oh, singing voice okay. of Pocahontas was not Native. Was Thank not a, na- a Native uh, a okay. person. Um, they also, the... the uh, the one who played Chief Powhatan, which I think it's very odd. I don't know. I didn't find anything about this, but that he's named his name. They, they take the name of the tribe and give it to him as if that's his name. He's Chief Powhatan in the in the in the movie. That's how he was referred when I read it. Oh, so that's that's so, just OK. But I don't know. I but again, I didn't do a super okay. deep dive. But when I read it, he was referred as Chief Powhatan. Well, so Russell Means is that actor, and he did a lot of stuff. Now, some of this could be like them putting him in front of a camera and telling these things. But he would say things. You know, he came on. He did this thing. He said, "You know, we." I talked to them about how all the 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 doorways into these places faced east. So when you watch the movie, it's not just all these you know dwellings with their doors facing different ways they're all facing one direction and he said you watch it and there's a lot of the shots big shots of them doing things are considered accurate the clothes they put them in are more accurate to kind of the 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 for the 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 the, the tribes that lived in the more forest areas as opposed to the plains indians excuse me i'm so sorry the plains uh native americans you had seen in other um you know like westerns before that time and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. that's Pocahontas is dressed differently than what you see. You know, all of them look different than what you see up to that point. And it seems to be accurate. And he went on and was like, I'm so proud of this movie. I, this, I, this, this, this. And he does say, this is the most accurate Native American telling we've had to this point, which could be possible in 1995. That doesn't make it acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. And so what I will say here is the other reason why Disney really felt that they were doing it justice is for authenticity. Not only did they travel to Jamestown Mm -hmm. and to that area of Virginia, uh, but they also employed Native American consultants. And they had a session with a real shaman, I read, um, because there is kind of a shaman character in the film as well. But that's also extremely problematic because they present them as magical. Yes. There's a lot of of that sort of thing in there. Uh, What I will say is even though that's the case... There were a lot of Native American activists that issued an open letter condemning the movie for its historical inaccuracies and Mm -hmm. stereotyping, which is what we're going to go into. Um, But that's what I really wanted to say here is I'm not excusing the filmmakers for what they did, but they genuinely thought that they were handling this source material with care. And I found many examples of that in this art book from how they were quoted and what they said they were doing. And so I do just want to mention that here as well. Um, and when they used people and their stories as reference, I am super curious. I would have loved to have been there for those conversations to know what was told to them by Native Americans and what they used from that because the love story was their main focus. They wanted it to be a Romeo and Juliet type story. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The way you described his... Uh, inspiration. Like well, yeah, yeah, it feels like what he wanted was well, West so Side Kat- Story and so, with... And so did Katzenberg. Yeah. Katzenberg felt that that was a really... And there's a difference between, you know, the, the, the groups in West Side Story and a people's completely 
almost wiped off the face of the earth in some tribes cases wiped off the faces of the earth by other people and going oh well they could come together and find common ground it's like no yeah the playing field is so unlevel for what was going on there that it's 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 irredeemable yeah and so again i've got many quotes but i'll just share one more by mike gabriel and then Mm -hmm. if you want to go into some of what you have yeah this is he was a co-director and so this is quoted in this art book we decided right off the bat we weren't going to make a historical document but a love story an entertainment that was mindful of historical reality there are a lot of problems with that statement and so i think you know we're kind of being very heavy handed, but I really do want to share with you, you know, reading that that's problematic in so many different ways mm-hmm. that they want it. They wanted the love story above everything else. And yeah, it's kind of historically accurate. And I think the pro that, from his words. Yes. And I think the problem with that is, is children growing up took that as historical, mm-hmm. took this story as, Oh, this is what happened. And I'll be honest. I can't recall what I did and did not learn about Pocahontas in history, because I don't remember stuff like that. But I have a feeling that there were a lot of people out there who were my age when they saw this movie and probably took it as, well, this is based on a real person and this is kind of what happened. Well, even if you don't take it as historical, even say this is based on a real person, this is close to the real story, whatever. Even if you go, well, this is completely wrong. There, There are the tropes of like, if only the, you know, uh, Native Americans would meet the colonizers halfway. There are those types of tropes that are yeah. just what I said about the hypersexualization of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things they talk about is, you know, this is a one of the first uh, interracial uh, relationships in the Disney movie, and you can get away from like culturally. I think you could get away with that. I'm, I'm using air quotes again because there's the look of like, oh we're going to treat this as an interracial relationship, which is very liberal when in fact, what it is, is a, a woman being sold into, into, you know, a, a, a hetero patriarchal yes. relationship because of, you know, yeah. like and that's, that was it's another, not liberal. It's not a liberal that was notion. Another fact I came across was it was the first interracial yes. film. And, and people again, are, and, and white, you know, extremely conservative Americans were probably very okay with that because they're like, oh, look how they're helping that that poor, uh, you know, Pocahontas who needed to be brought into a more civilized world. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about, and again, I know we've talked a lot about some stuff that, uh, listen, if your kids are listening to this, I it's good to have this discussion with them, but we're kind of talking about some very bold stuff here. So depending on their age, might want to put it in the room, but I want to talk about some of the issues that come about specifically from the hypersexualization mm-hmm. of Pocahontas. Um, non, uh, an issue within the community is non-native pedophiles target native children, since there are very different rules about how non-natives can be um, arrested or tried on native lands. Okay. So that's apparently a big issue in the community. Um, historically, native women have been targeted for medical sterilization. Mm. Um, probably up until later than you think they would be. Uh, we talk, there's, there's a lot, this is in the news now about the boarding schools, um, that have, that went on, you know, up until the late seventies or later, uh, where in, in Canada and in the United States of, of, you know, going over, you know, um, uh, teaching kind of the, the, the typical, those beliefs to, uh, native children, 
Uh, one of them has been the forced heterosexist beliefs into the culture that weren't necessarily there before. The kind of uh, homophobic ideals and stuff that that mm. you see more in our, you know, American history and Canadian history. Uh, in fact, uh, colonists interpreted diverse practices of gender and sexuality as primitivity. That's what they looked at it on when they were, you know, apparently the, 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 the thesis I had talked about earlier talks a lot about the kind of, you know, looking at native culture through a queer lens and that sort of thing. And, and so now are you able to, is that thesis public? Or I, is that, yes, I was given, okay. it was, it was given to me and I'll post it up on okay, uh, around. Um, so yeah, so those are the type of things that this kind of idea of like, oh, let's make her older. Let's make her date John Smith, you know, mm-hmm. is, 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 is problematic and they knew that they knew that disney knew that was an issue roy e disney uh is it, it was very hard for me to watch after reading all this stuff to then watch the making of because there's a lot of like roy disney saying those we knew she was younger but we thought we should age her up so they it's could the see thing this with mike gabriel just being like well yeah. the love story is what i want to tell steven schwartz the lyricist of, of the things mm-hmm. is quoted as saying pocahontas is more of a woman than a teenager in this which it just seems weird to you know and it's it, i understand maybe changing that if, if it was like Ariel or a, a fictional character, but this was a real person. Yeah. And they were just that like, well, basing, let's take liberties. They're loosely basing off of historical events yeah. and accounts. Uh, so I kind of want to go into, uh, I've got another quote here, but I want to go into kind of some of the animation and some of the things that were done that were pretty significant in mm-hmm. the history of Disney in that sense. And then as I long- think, and then I think we should watch this movie because yeah. you know this is this isn't the the this is I don't want to say it's a bummer but this no it's this, a it's a heavy it's yeah. a heavy topic one that I think needs to be discussed but also you know we're usually a little bit more lighthearted yeah, 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 in yeah. our in our, our facts and history here uh, but another quote from Mike Gabriel from this art book it was eye opening to meet with members of the Native American community whose gentleness lovingness impressed us so much. They took us to museums on the reservation and urged us to learn as much as we could. The love story was what I'd come into this project most concerned about, but the ecological themes dropped in because the Native Americans are so ecologically based in their beliefs. So what I want to say with that, what I I pulled from that uh, is they really focused on a lot of the landscapes of this film. They focused on... uh, they wanted nature to become a character in the film. They wanted to show the themes of respecting as well as disrespecting nature, uh, as well as respecting and disrespecting other cultures, and how that would fuel much of the action, drama, and themes of the film. Mm. So that's kind of where their focus was, and part of that came out of meeting uh, with individuals on the reservation, on that land, and so that's kind of how it got worked into the film. Uh, the animator said that this was one of the hardest ever pursue- produced by the studio because of the complex color schemes, uh, because of the angular shapes and the facial expressions yeah. and how they chose um, to do that. The the humans look way less Disney style than they have in the past, yeah, and which they, I think is interesting. And so because of that, the movie was in production for five years. And we've talked about that with other movies that Pocahontas was being worked on while other films were coming out. Uh, 55 animators designed Pocahontas, the character, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than most. So I wanted to say that. Uh, Colors of the Wind was the first song written for the film 
and they believed it really set a tone and a direction for the film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I will say... It is a song that has also been stuck in my head all week while we've been doing <laughs> What I will say this. is I believe it's in Colors of the Wind that it mentions mountains, and I read somewhere that Pocahontas would not have come across mountains in her <laughs> part. Um, so I read that. but Well, I, you know... She may have, right? But no, I no, think no. It... It's just more of like, like when you live in Texas all your life, what you consider a mountain isn't a mountain. That's what I'm saying. And there's yeah. those big hills in Virginia. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying. That's yeah, my I was just that was that. Was I the guarantee fact. you, I've put more thought into that just now than the lyricist probably. Yeah. Did. Um, there is an example here. Uh, at some point in the film, she gives John Smith willow bark to help with the pain. And willow bark isn't that her grandmother's skin? Grandma, Grandmother Willow? Yes. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it contains, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, salic, salic acid? It's what's in aspirin. Oh. So it's it's the basis of aspirin. So that I just found interesting yeah. that they included that. Uh, the other thing is there, the opening song indicates that the English are sailing for glory, God, and gold. But in actuality, that motivation was more for Spanish conquistadors, I read, Mm. and that they were the enemies of England at the time. Now, I'm sure the English were probably hoping to prosper. I I don't think that they weren't going to go looking for those things, but that is kind of the the main focus. And I do want to just have a couple facts about Ratcliffe, Governor Ratcliffe, the villain. Uh, But the other thing I wanted to mention that we haven't said is... It was the first movie, first Disney movie, to be censored before going to the theaters due Mm. to the racial slurs um, and how Native Americans, what they referred to them as in some of the dialogue and some of the songs. And because of that, some of the lyrics were changed for the movie uh, because they were viewed inappropriate. So that's something that you can look up if you want to see what they were. I still think there are inappropriate lyrics and language in this film, but apparently it some it's, of it was changed right. because of that. Uh, so I did want to mention that. So with that, I kind of just... Oh, sorry. The other thing I wanted to mention, as far as the animation, I talked about how it kind of moved Disney animation forward in a couple ways. There was lots of technical work uh, when it came to the effects, uh, rotoscoping some of the characters, and mm. we've talked about that in the past, the landscapes, which I've mentioned, and the CGI. They did a lot of texture mapping in this film, And so they would do a three-dimensional model on the computer, and then the background artists would create texture painting that's used virtually to kind of wallpaper the 3D element. And there's something in the art book here. I mean, I tried to take a picture of it, but because it's clear, but it's like an overlay. So I just want to show it to you, Ryan. But when I took a picture of it, it was a reflection, and so it kind of didn't come out cool. But, like, see how that... But so, like, here's three examples of how it goes from that to that mm-hmm. to that. And then when you do the mapping over it mm. and how it kind of, like, defines. So I thought that was cool. We'll try to get a picture of that, but it's kind of a clear, like, overlay mm-hmm. on the on um, some of the stills. And so it's kind of hard to see it uh, when you get a picture of it. But I just thought that that was really interesting. And something to be said in a movie that has problematic themes... And historic, you know, not being historically accurate, I did want to talk about there was a lot of hard work that was put into this film by animators that I just wanted to share that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Ratcliffe goes, I have a couple things I wanted to share. And this is, again, a direct quote. This is from the supervising animator, Duncan 
uh, is it Marjorie Banks? Or yes. Major- Marjorie Banks. I think so. For Ratcliffe. Uh, Ratcliffe carries the racism and greed in the movie. Where the other settlers are kind of proto-American, Ratcliffe is a real colonist who hasn't come to Virginia to settle but to exploit. Part of his character is that he's largely inappropriate to his surroundings. So while the rest of the settlers generally dress in earth tones, Ratcliffe's red orchid and black clothing always clash with the woodlands. Mm. So I thought that that was an interesting choice in how they wanted him to be portrayed in the film. Uh, real quick, just to get everybody else, Glenn Keane was uh, uh, did, was the animator for Pocahontas, John Pomeroy for Dan John Smith, uh, Nick Ranieri for Mix for Me- Miko. Let's change it to Meeks on my note. Thanks yeah, a lot. Uh, Dave Pruitskma was Flit, and Ruben Aquino was Chief uh, Powhatan. Thank you. Uh, I, I just had some people say they appreciated us going and giving the. Do the we animators. also want to say some of the voices at this point? Well, did film? you know that the voice of Ratcliffe does two voices in this movie? Uh, yeah, I read yeah. that. Yeah, he does Wiggins. He's he does his Wiggins sidekick. too. And apparently, or his henchman, I guess we should say. Apparently, when uh, they showed it to studio heads up, they were like, "Who did we get for Wiggins?" And it made him very excited that they that's didn't know great. it was the same. He person. also was Cogsworth. Yes. So, and he will come that. back as. I don't remember the character's name, but the bad guy alien in Lilo, Lilo and Stitch. Yes, and I think he's he's someone in Atlantis. Maybe I read he's another voice somewhere in that. He, it might not be Atlantis. But he's it's a that big era, voice actor. Uh, that, that. Did you ever see the show Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place? No. Okay, never. Well, he was the weird. There was like one season, like the first season, there was a guy who hung at the pizza place who kept telling stories, and they would realize his stories were from movies. Oh, okay. Like, they'd be sitting there listening to him, and he'd have really good advice, but then they'd be like, wait, that's Jaws, or whatever, <laughs> and that was who, that was him. Yeah. I don't uh, think he lasted on the show very long. The other thing I wanted to mention about uh, Ratcliffe, he apparently was in Phantasmic and Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. that kind of role-playing thing. He was one of the villains. I just found that interesting, because he's not a villain a lot of people think of right away the other thing i wanted to mention he's one of the only villains that's based on a real person yes governor ratcliffe did exist in history uh again not a historian did a very quick search about his background he was one of the original 110 passengers to land and settle what is now known as jamestown in 1607 uh so he was present he was there when all of this was happening. So I wanted to mention that as well. Mm -hmm. And to just circle back to Ryan talking about costume design, uh, I wanted to mention that they spent months collecting information. This is from the art book, uh, from historians, from archaeologists, and from specialists in Native American culture. So they tried to do their due diligence when it came to costumes. I don't know that all of it is... I I think they did do due diligence and stuff like how they... Were, uh, how they built things like things that weren't there was no emotionality or anything associated with it yeah. it was all stuff that was like tangible and like this is what their clothes look like uh, again looking at native americans as kind of a exhibit or some sort of like uh uh, uh carnival side like like this you know the same reason i've brought you my wife who i married from yes. across america yeah. now we're doing like look they're they dressed like this and they did this isn't yeah. that interesting instead of going into like taking accountability for what we did to have a house in in texas yeah texas especially what brought us, yeah what yeah. brought us to this point yeah we're at. yeah 
Uh, so I think with that, yeah, we are know, going it's... to we are going to watch the film. Um, for those of you who are our regulars, uh, the format in the second half will probably change a little bit as well. But uh, for now, let's uh, take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. And we'll see you on the other side, listeners. We are back, uh, and as you probably expected, we have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're not going to go quite as much beat for beat as we normally do, but I wrote down things that we talked about while the movie was playing. Um, I will also say I can, I probably would have enjoyed this movie in 1995, not knowing what I know now about the plight of indigenous yeah. peoples. Yeah. Um, there's... And, Again, not and, excusing it. I think we yes. should have known it then, but we know it now is the more important piece. Here. And I think one thing that you and I came away from with this was if this had been a story that where they had gotten some uh, native writers and directors to take care to do this and to come at, at it with a fable or a story where she wasn't Pocahontas, she was a... Powhatan princess or whatever that was do you, you know what I'm saying like yes and I think if they pulled from mythology directly fable, fables from you know how we have our folk tales if they pulled from their stories because I'm sure mm-hmm. they have their own stories rooted in different themes right if yeah. they pulled from that yes and I and we both said throughout this Disney owes Native Americans another <laughs> oh, oh, film. Another film. And similar I similar to how we, we you said I mean it's gonna be a while before we get to Moana and maybe we'll find something out about Moana, but like Moana feels like a better indigenous person's movie, obviously, because it felt more authentic. It, it, it felt like there was more care put into it. Yes, and but Moana we might doesn't find out have... 26 years from now that Moana doesn't hold and up. And Moana doesn't have the love story piece, but it has the yes. piece of the daughter who is born and destined into a life that she doesn't necessarily want. She wants more. She's got an adventurous spirit. I liked how adventurous and inquisitive Pocahontas was in this. Uh, So, you know, there are some good things to pull out of here in that regard that I think they could take that and do something with it. But Mm -hmm. taking away the name Pocahontas. Yeah. Taking away the historical piece of that. Well, I think you just make it a story about native people yes, period and not like let's white, not have any not colonists have in, it. Come in there yeah because we we talked about a few things do you want to just do you, do you want to do it a little differently instead of going through beat by beat we'll go like maybe like what we liked and then what we didn't like or do you want to go through sometimes the whole thing? it's hard for me to okay. do that because my notes are chronological because i write yeah. them down as the film goes on well, we'll get but, to some of the stuff we talked about near the end. Then. Is that so, okay? Yeah, let's go ahead and so, start. So, first in all caps and exclamation marks, I have "There's no warning." So, oh, in the yeah, first, I completely forgot about in that. the then, I'm glad you're welcome that yeah. I take notes. <laughs> uh, so, in the first, in the first half of this podcast, I assumed. I think I said, "I'm sure there's going to be a warning." No, there's no warning. There's nothing in the description. First of all, the plot is a one sentence. About her having an adventurous spirit or something. So it's yeah. not a super detailed plot describing the film. 
there's no warning there, and then there's no warning before the movie plays. And I think that's my biggest problem with this movie. Is that is Disney that doesn't acknowledge that they've done, they've had wrong. a misstep here. And it's, you know, again, we talked earlier why people, some people are like, are you going to do Song of the South? No. And one of the reasons we don't is because this is going to sound flippant, but let's hear me all the way through. It's not on Disney+. And by that, I mean, we've all agreed as a culture and a society that there are huge amount of problems with Song of the South. We're going to put it over here. And it's, it's, it's. And Disney's agreed to that to some extent. And they're putting this just up. You know, with no, no like history, no, no let's warning, talk about this, no, not even a discussion. No, like, because uh, some of the other films have, you know, if you have a child yeah. profile, you can't get to certain films. I think we said Dumbo, Peter Pan. I think there might be one or two others that you can't just readily access if you have a child's profile set up. This has none of that. And it's interesting because, I, like I said earlier, I think it's because the Peter Pan portrayal is so obviously derogatory but this has a lot of the same stuff it's just smoothed out and done they're like they just want to be you know we're just you know here to they're they're people who want to be civilized and oh you know they just they're misunderstood both sides are misunderstood and if they could just understand one another everything would both of them both of the most sides misunderstand each other so they're equally at fault in what's going on here which which is is a huge problem yeah uh, the other thing is there's a Pocahontas 2 called Journey to the New World. So I don't know if that means she I, goes to England. Uh, I don't know. We've not seen it. We saw it up there. Do you want to start and I'll do a quick look and see sure. what I can find out about Pocahontas uh, 2? Basically, it opens with all of the colonizers getting ready to board the ship. So they're getting ready to prepare for this journey. And uh, there's, from moment one... There are a lot of issues with how they're portraying Native Americans. While the first film dealt with her meeting with John Smith and the arrival of the British settlers in Jamestown, the sequel focuses on Pocahontas' journey to England with John Ralph to negotiate for peace between the two nations, although her death is omitted from the film's ending. So they did it again. They did it again. They literally took the historical piece of her. Well, it was three marrying... years later. So I, I've, if they haven't learned anything in 26 years, they certainly haven't learned anything in three years. Still, that's absurd. Aye, aye, aye. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that. Oh, Chaboy Billy Zane plays the voice of John Ralph. Billy oh, Zane, wow. the bad guy from Titanic. Yeah. So what I was saying with this one is it opens up and... For moment one, there are some problems with how they're describing Native Americans. You know, if they're to see them, what they're going to do to them. And, you know, John Smith has encountered them before. And, you know, so there are some issues from moment one, I would say. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you'd agree with that. We had some moments of like, oh, gosh, they really said that or they really like acted that out. Like at one point when they're on the ship traveling, they act out if they come across Native Americans yeah. And so that was a bit They're problematic. They're constantly using They're not uh, using the, Native the, American. The S word you used earlier yes. in the last part. And they're also using Indian. Those are the two terms they use in this Well, film. and the shortened version of time or two, which to yes. me is I mean, yeah. it's it's So Yeah. When they're on the ship, you already get the idea that John Smith is the hero because he winds up saving Thomas, who goes overboard. But there's a whole big thing about how he's fought Indians before and presumably killed ones in the past. Yeah, but they don't, they kind of gloss over that. No. But they, they put him in this light as a hero. He saved, 
you know, he's beloved by everyone. He saves Thomas in the storm. Can I say there is one thing? Oh, yeah. Thomas is like the unsure settler who falls off the ship, who can't fire a gun right. Like, we'll get to him again in a sec. But I do want to point out around this time is when my wife said, he is very handsome, though. I had a crush on John Smith. I understand he's white toast is yes he's very <laughs> boring but like as a child i like crushed on him a little bit as an animated character well i think the the people in this save for uh maybe wiggins don't look disney they look kind of like and this won't i don't know if this will track for you but they, they look in some cases very rotoscoped they look their their faces are done a little more less cartoony and a little, a little more harder lines yeah or rigid maybe lines. yeah and they look very rotoscoped like ralph Bakshi stuff, which mm-hmm. someday we'll do some Ralph. That's in our very future plans. Yeah. But it does all look kind of rotoscope. I thought, now I will say, as opposed to some of the Ralph Bakshi stuff, I, I said this looked better than that. But it, it was very harsh. Like like, like yeah. you said, hard lines and, mm-hmm. and a little less cartoonish. Yeah. Which again is them trying to have their cake and eat it too. They want to be like, well, we wanted to give the real story, quote unquote, of Pocahontas. Meanwhile, here's Miko the the raccoon stealing cherries from a pug. You know, like they wanted to I do both I enjoyed the animals. I like the Disney stuff. Yeah. Like that stuff's fun. But it just but you doesn't can't fit pair here. it with the historical and the misrepresentation like, like, of the historical. What if they had a Disney movie where like Lincoln gets shot and then his pet donkey looks up and is like, Abraham, no, like you can't do those two yeah, things. Like it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So well, the other thing that we noticed here is you see you you meet all of the colonizers and you know you're seeing them on the ship and you meet Ratcliffe and you kind of get where he's coming from and then the credits happen then it's Walt Disney presents Pocahontas and then we see the Native American way of life so Mm. then we see what they do and them growing food and out you know being one with nature for lack of a better way to say it right now we see them we see them living off the land essentially Mm -hmm. so that's what we see the chief returns we find out that he had left with kokoom they did this battle they won you know their people are safe again and they're celebrating kokoom who has asked for pocahontas's hand in marriage and this is where we get that you know we the chief she's not there when they all return yeah and he knows that she's adventurous she's standing she's standing on a on very a, on high a rock cliff. just like just chest out like mm, like as far as we can tell as far as i can tell because then her friend comes up in the canoe and yeah. is like, come on pocahontas nicoma i think yes her name. and uh pocahontas like what was she doing just standing there I will she was tell you. Listening to the wind. That's what I was gonna say. If I had hair like that and I looked that good every time I just stood, I, that's what I do. I just you see me. Where's, where's Ryan? He's hanging out on a rock, letting the wind whip. And that's his hair. literally my next note. <laughs> Second greatest Disney hair. You know, we had Ariel yeah, so under far. the water and how beautiful that was. Pocahontas's hair in the wind and when she's in the water, yes. when she's swimming um, and with John Smith by that waterfall. Is really great. So we were th- noticing that. I think this movie has some real triumphs of animation. Yes. Unfortunately, it's wrapped in, in all the... In a lot of other stuff. Other stuff, yeah. yeah. And so... I don't know if I said this in the in the previous, but direct, one of the directors is Eric Goldberg, who did The Genie in Aladdin. Mm. One, of, one, of the, one of the guys I really like. Yeah. So we also talked about they do use Algonquin 
language. Yes. Uh, and we tried to look it up, but we looked it up while we were watching it to see. <laughs> well, I Googled, what language do they use in Pocahontas? And the internet went English. And I was like, thanks. What I meant was. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was, let me take a look. Uh, Virginian, Virginia Algonquin. And she teaches him hello and goodbye in that language and a couple other things. There's a couple songs where it may be, but we don't know how accurate. We did not do a deep enough dive to look. So if you listeners out there know of that, I'd love to know how accurate or how close to accurate it was or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that does kind of happen throughout. She greets her father. Uh, using a term from the Algonquin language as well as when she's teaching John Smith hello and goodbye. And then again, yes. there's a song in the beginning that has almost a chant quality to it that is using... The one that uh, Grandma Grandma Willow... Yes, and I think the people are singing it mm-hmm. as well, but yes. Can we talk a little bit, this is maybe a little bit skipping ahead, about the whole like magical journey to which pocahontas just learns english yeah like they skipped over like i mean usually and again i don't know how accurate these are but the reason pocahontas and sacagawea and 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 care and characters or people like that are are, i'm gonna i mean you know what i'm gonna keep saying characters because i I think this is a fictionalized version yeah but they're seen as the people who are like translating for their people and things like that sacagawea was the one who i believe went with lewis and clark i haven't really looked at that one too much but she, they meet, and they're speaking different languages, and Grandma Willow had been like, listen to the... To the wind earlier, because essentially Pocahontas has this dream. And she keeps Sorry. having this same dream. No, it's fine, but I think it ties into what you're talking yes. about. She has this same dream about a spinning arrow, and she can't get it out of her head, and she just feels like that's her destiny, but she doesn't know what that is. And that's when Grandmother Willow first tells her, you really need to like listen to your surroundings and listen to the wind, and we, it will guide you. We and keep mentioning Grandmother Willow, just in case anyone hasn't seen the movie. It is a tree with a face. like A willow it, tree. Yes. It's I not loved like, Grandmother Willow as a child. I just don't I understand, understand why it couldn't have just been a, a, person. a, a native woman speaking to her. Instead, we have to like, I, again, because you said that the, the creators made a choice not to have the animal speak because they wanted it to feel more... They wanted the tone to be a little bit... I've got the specific note, so let me find it. Yeah, but... Okay. They wanted the movie to be more serious. Yeah. So they thought that... They wanted it to feel more real. Yeah. Again, having their cake and eating it too. But, so anyway, so when Pocahontas starts following John around, and then eventually they meet, like, he tries to get her to stay, and she's speaking, presumably, Algonquin, and then, like, the wind rises up between them. Again... A lot of great beauty shots of, of Pocahontas. And then she can suddenly understand English for the most part. She, like, doesn't know some words, but they're conversing. And I think that was supposed to be, like, the shorthand of, like, Pocahontas learns English. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. So. There, I don't. There, there's a lot of times with me going, oh, boy, like, yeah. in this movie. Uh, one of the comedic bits that I really enjoy is Miko with the biscuits. Miko with food the in hard general. Tack. The hardtack. At one point, he's got crumbs on the ground, and he literally, like, licks his finger to, to get every crumb. And I was like, that's me with food. I, it's 
um, with something I like to eat. Hardtack so just to is put a, in a little lightheartedness <laughs> into this. Hardtack is a simple type of biscuit or cracker made from flour, water, and sometimes salt. Yeah, that's all it is, and it's <laughs> it's an inexpensive and long lasting. So they used to make it, and you could eat it. You know, it basically would last the whole trip over, and then you could yeah. eat it. But like anything I've ever seen with it is like. You have to soak it in water or something so it so gets not as hard. soft, you know, soft yeah. enough to eat. Well, and then we meet, we also meet Percy. I had a Percy stuffed animal as a child, uh, but Percy is Ratcliffe's dog and he very much has the personality of Ratcliffe, but in dog form, he's a pug. Little white pug. Uh, but I, I really like him and Miko. They're back and forth throughout, but we talked about how... They try to do this thing where it's like, see, the animals get along. Like, we can get along like yeah. them. They never say it. The cartoon animals that what happens. don't really exist in real life. But that's what happens. I... Miko and Percy are at odds with each other for most of the film. And it's funny and it's lighthearted, which I think is needed because mm-hmm. this film is pretty serious. However, it then just shows, you know, Percy at one point is by Grandmother Willow and is like cold and alone and scared in the woods and then Miko's like come with me and then that's kind of when they become friends after that so yeah they kind of want to gloss over like see it's so easy to just like all come together another thing we mentioned at the very end is throughout this film the Native Americans give so much to them like throughout like John Smith gets wounded and the chief gives his like cape his cape off his back to john smith they come with food and bring them food to go back to england the colonizers have given them nothing and they've destroyed the land where they live they keep making it seem like they're finding good middle ground and really what it is is the colon the colonists are like even the the friendly colonists who aren't john smith are like the best they do is leave that's the best thing they do yeah they come up they dig up their land they blow up their land in some cases. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm curious that uh, using explosives to dig was something that happened back in that time. But that's the least uh, egregious error yeah, this movie yeah, yeah, makes. Yeah. Um, they they blow up their land. They 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 kill. Uh, spoiler: They kill. Kokoam. <laughs> the word I was coming up with was not the right word. They kill him. They kill him. Yeah, Thomas kills him because, and we're going out of order here, which I think is fine because. This is where it's led. Pocahontas and John Smith are embracing. Basically, what happens throughout the film is they meet. They fall in love very quickly. She sings Colors of the Wind to be like, there's so much you don't understand. You know, in that song, he goes to shoot a bear. And she's like, if you don't shoot it and you follow it, like that bear's got a family. And she's trying to show him, you know, one of the lines, how high can a sycamore grow? If you cut it down, you'll never know. So it's that whole idea of. Uh, you know, leave nature as you found yeah, it. Yeah, I think there's really simple, there's good, there's some good lessons to be learned from this, but it's like very, skin, like barely skin deep level lessons of like, be nice to nature, be nice to each other yeah. in a movie that that this discussion should be so much deeper than that. Yeah. Those discussions or of- don't focus yeah the film in this way yeah exactly if you're not going to do your due diligence if you're going to have something with the the residents of jamestown coming in and interacting with the tribe you have much bigger issues to tackle other than don't cut down a tree and we should be nice to each other yeah 
Like it, that's, that's the problem. So they meet up a couple different times. And this last time that they meet up, tensions are high on both sides. Radcliffe Mm -hmm. kind of incites all of the colonizers to say, you know, there's no gold here. The native Americans must have the gold. Have we talked about that Radcliffe is there to dig for gold? I don't, we may have in the first half. Because it's, I just think that's funny because so much of this movie is his goal and we'll get into it because I'm sure effectiveness is going to be really low for some of it because he's like, we need to get gold. There's no gold here. Like yeah. <laughs> gold is on the other side There's of the There's no gold. And so he convinces everyone that the Native Americans must have the gold where they're at. And that's, that's the whole idea. So tensions are high on both sides and her father reaches out to other Native Americans. I don't know if it's other tribes or I if think they're a part probably, of. I think the Algonquin. So, from what I understand, I think the the Powhatan are a, a, a under like the Algonquin tree. Okay. So it's other tribes that yeah, kind of so have he, similar language, and he calls that, other yeah. warriors from yeah. um, other places to gather together. And so as tensions are getting high, Pocahontas and John Smith meet in secrecy one last time, and Grandmother Willow's kind of like. You know, you have to be the first to change things. If you don't, if you don't change things, you know, she uses the example of ripples in the water. They start out small and they get bigger. And so she kind of convinces them. And Pocahontas says, please come talk to my father. I really think if if John Smith, if you talk to my father, I really think we could work it out. And that's where they embrace for the first time. So they've Mm -hmm. not kissed up until this point. And as that happens, Coco Womb sees them. And (laughs) Thomas sees this. And so Thomas was basically threatened by Ratcliffe because Thomas is not very good as a soldier uh, and as a colonizer. And so Ratcliffe is like, you have to bring John Smith back. I want to know what he's up to. And if you see any Native Americans, you need to shoot them. Like, you're you're pretty bad at, at life. Mm-hmm. So this is what you need to do. So Kokuum comes charging out to break them up because he's trying to save Pocahontas. And as that's happening, Thomas shoots and kills Kokoum, it's a very dark and very yeah. intense moment uh, to where he he dies. I will say he kills him and John's like, get out of here. Like, he gets away with it. There's no repercussions other than he feels a little he bad. He feels bad, but that's about it. Maybe and he feels bad. We see it in that moment. We see he it never in that moment. And then, yeah. And so John Smith kind of takes the blame for it, so to speak, because mm-hmm. then everybody comes. Then all these other nine tribesmen come flying out there like they were where were, were they just like i like think they heard playing, what were they playing lacrosse at one point yeah <laughs> they're Kokuum, playing lacrosse nearby Kokuum, i mean they heard a gunshot and kokum shouts when he which was yes so they probably heard him heard the gunshot and came running would be my assumption and so when well, they, i'm saying they had to be close enough to yes, hear that and yeah. come that quickly like what were they doing just oh, slightly yeah i guess so then that's how John Smith gets captured. So now John Smith is captured. Thomas goes back to share what happened. Ratcliffe rallies everybody together and gets them more. I compared him to Gaston in the sense of getting this group of people and, you know, essentially be, they become a, a mob of sorts to go attack. And the song. Let's that, say the word one more time. Yeah, is called Savages. And the way they portray it is, again, that everyone's on equal footing. Yeah. That the Native Americans and the colonizers, that they both they think both the think other the side. other one is savage. Yes. And so that's how it's portrayed. And so that is 
was really problematic for us because we were like, they're not on the same footing. And again, these people came and just took everything and have not given anything. Yeah. And the Native Americans, and in this story, they're very reactionary. So they come to check out the colonists in the beginning and they see them and they go to shoot them. So then they start shooting arrows at them. And that happens a couple different times where, you know... There's no stop to think, like, we did just land on their shore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all the tensions build. Everything's coming together. She goes to Grandmother Willow again, and she realizes the spinning arrow is from John Smith's compass. That was her dream, was the spinning arrow with this compass, and that's her destiny, is I, to be with him, which yeah, I don't love dumb, that. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I don't love that that's what, like, she's destined to rule her people because her father talks about, you know, your well, mother. she's apparently destined to go to England with John Ralph in Pocahontas And everything's all to- sunshine and roses when that happens. Apparently, but uh, by the way, John Smith portrayed by Mel Gibson's younger brother in that one oh, because they couldn't get Mel Gibson back. Yeah. So, you know, she realizes like this is what her dream's been telling her and she hopes she can make it in time. And right as her father is about to behead John Smith. I think she he's going to smash his head. That didn't look like a beheading. That looked like I don't know what the weapon is. I've seen it, but it's like a stick and then it goes into a big ball. Yeah. I think he was just going to crush it. So right before he's about to do that, she like lays across him and shouts no and says, I'm not going to. And so she persuades him. And that's when he says, you are wise beyond your years. I will not be the first person to fight. Like it won't, it will not be me. It will not be our people to be the, again, they are taking the high road and saying, okay, we're not going to do this. And so all the colonizers kind of realize what's happening and they all put their guns down. And then Ratcliffe is kind of wild at this point and is like, no, no, you have to do it. And he goes to shoot and j- shoot the chief. And John Smith jumps to save the chief. And so John mm-hmm. Smith is hit. So at that point, all the colonists turn on Ratcliffe and they basically gag him and chain him up to take I him I can't back to believe they, we don't get a Disney villain death in this. Like, And it's the most yeah. <laughs> racist jerk. Yeah, that has happened so far. So that's pretty much the movie. I'm going to look over my notes just to see if there's anything that we talked about that I want to make sure we mention. But that's that's the bulk of the film. Have you seen the meme that is Pocahontas, Miko and Grandma Willow? And it says no. And it says a tree, a raccoon and a Disney princess. And then below it is that scene from Avengers Endgame where it's Thor. Oh, yes, I have seen that, actually. (laughs) Sorry, I said no and then realized I I have seen it. I thought that one was good. Uh, I wanted to talk about two of the other songs that I like, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Just Around the Riverbend and Colors of the Wind. And I think that's an those are other opportunities. If you don't want to sit down and watch the movie as a whole, which I would understand if you just look up those sequences on youtube i'd imagine they're on youtube i think you can see some of the animation and the beautiful landscapes that they did because i i do think the animators worked very hard to make that come across and the colors are very vibrant and so in both of those songs i think you see good examples of that i don't know if you would agree with that there was a lot of visual stuff that i've very much liked in this movie yeah yeah, i think both of those are so i think that's a good way of if you don't want to watch the film if you've heard this podcast and you know you've kind of realized the issues that this brings up 
that might be one way where you could just view one or two songs if you wanted to see it from the animation standpoint. So let's do our questions real quick. I think we've covered most of them. How was the princess? I really like her, but I I wish she wasn't Pocahontas. Yes, I liked her adventurous spirit. I liked... The way she was animated or designed. Yeah, I liked... um, how inquisitive she was. She it, loved to explore. Her hair was fantastic. It allowed for wise. native actresses to portray her in the parks. Yeah. Like that's opened up an avenue to those, those actors or, or But I actresses. agree with you. Yeah. I wish she wasn't based on a real person. Right. Um, how was the prince? And you and I might differ here because like, I, I even found him boring. I like. Th- I found him kind of boring this time through it. I yeah. think as a child, I was, you know, I was like, oh, he's kind of handsome. You thought he was a hunk. <laughs> character. But I did think he was kind of boring. Well, you love Mel Gibson. And I, I don't, used to. Right. Like, you, well, like, I love him. I love Tara, Maverick. Tara, everybody in the 90s loved Mel I Gibson. I love Maverick. That's who I love. Like, that I love was that what, Mel Gibson. That was part of what made his fall so horrible. Yeah. Was that he was on top of the world. Never, he was so charming at I one love point. Maverick. That's that's my yes. Mel Gibson from the 90s. I Then I agree with you. I thought he was boring. And I, I, I you know. I was thinking, like, maybe they give him some redeeming stuff. Like, I don't think he was bad. I think he seemed okay mostly because he, Ratcliffe I, was so awful. But and, and I think, too, he was not aggressive towards her or the people. He was in the very beginning before he, when yes. he realized she was tracking him. She follows him, and he doesn't see her for a long time. And then he does, but he immediately softens and I will say that they play the love story equal in that regard. Yeah, I yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's right or it's good, but that is the only kind of balance there. I think the best thing you can say about him is he was fairly non-offensive. Yeah. And considering what part he played in the the real history, that, yeah, the or, historical, you know, yeah. is, is if that's the best you can do. Yeah. Again, I could have cut. I, I if if all the co- the colonists had been cut out of this movie and it had just been a movie about her, her doing the land else, yeah, and yeah, I think it the people. Been I think it would have been better. Yeah. Now the sidekicks, however, were I, all solid. I loved all of them, but I'm, and that's what you know is 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 Flint it, is the yeah. hummingbird. Miko is the raccoon. Um, those are both hers, and Miko and Flint have. Uh, this kind of intense, flit. oh, flit, sorry. This kind of intense, uh, playful and kind of annoyed with each other relationship between the two of them and interesting, then Percy. Interesting fact, uh, Miko was voiced by John Cassier, who's also the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Oh, wow. And then Flit was our good friend Frank Welker again. Oh, cool. Um, favorite musical number? Uh, I forgot about Just Around the Riverbend. I, I liked it. Like, we started going, like, here comes Colors of the Winds. I'm like, oh, oh, this one. I forgot yeah. about this one. Because it's a little weird. It's like, it, I don't know. How, I think because it, it's, like, real triumphant. And then, like, the actual name of the song, Just Around the River, is, like, mm-hmm. quiet. I don't know. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But for me, it's between that one and Colors of the Wind. I think as a child, I belted out Colors of the Wind a lot. Yes. So that one brought that back a little bit. But I do really like Just Around the River Band. Um, does it hold up? No. So, uh, the next... Yeah, there's... We've basically... If you've listened up until this point, you know our opinion on that answer. Yes. Or that question. let's go real quick and uh, rank Ratcliffe. I know I had some thoughts about doing this. I think we should. Yeah. Ryan Um, posed a question of, you know, he is based on a real person. 
do we want to make light of trying that, to rank him as that, a villain? That wasn't really my thing. My thing oh, was okay. I didn't I didn't know how we were going to be coming out of this at this point. If like I think we've done a good job of of being a little more lighthearted and telling you like this is the stuff that's good. Like even you know if it's it's based on this stuff. I I, I didn't know if 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 we wanted to do any of this stuff. We'll probably cut all this out. That's fine. But I but just yeah I feel okay. fine. So all right. Uh, frightening. Not really. Not really? Yeah. He's really intense, but not scary. He's just a, an intense personality. He's like, okay, you're kind of a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so a one. You give him a one. Funny. I think the humor comes from Wiggins and Percy. I don't know that it comes from him. Yeah. So a one. Yeah. Fierce. Okay, he's got a little. He's got the cape. And after reading in that that art book about how they made a very specific choice for his colors, he stands out all the time. One, he's very broad shouldered. The shape yes. of him stands out compared well, to everybody that else. That comes under design, I think. But yes, it there's does. there's one thing I want to say about him that I need to look up the accuracy of. But the rat, let's say Ratcliffe and Jafar. Feels like the difference. Jafar is a queer coded villain done by a queer man, Andreas Dejah, and Ratcliffe feels like a queer coded villain as done by a straight person. Does that make sense? I don't I know that where necess- you're coming from, but I didn't get that vibe off of Ratcliffe. I I I, yeah. I just got that he was very arrogant and just like he mm. was all he was very selfish. He's all about him, but. He didn't have enough substance for me. Really. I'd like to dig into that more. Yeah, that's we'll, fine. We'll, I'll, we'll see about that. But okay, so, so we're f- back to fierce. Fierce. A two. I sound like I sneezed. A two. A two. <laughs> uh, I'm in between a one and a two. I guess the cape is good. I'll give him. He's the got two. a good cape. I like when he wears that gold, the gold version during his song. Yes. And he's like, all the ladies will kiss my rings. Yeah, so like, I guess you know, that's this- true. He has a little bit of a saunter to him in that. Uh, uh, effective. I think he gets a crowd going, but that's it. He goes to Virginia to look for gold. There is no he gold finds, in Virginia. And we find out this is his last opportunity. Yes. To Because everyone at the court in England thinks he's kind of worthless. Yes. So, yeah, I think he gets a one. Oh, he gets a one for you? What does he get for you? A two? I gave him a two because I feel like we gave Gaston a little higher because he rallied uh, up that crew. But that's fine. I'll give him a two. You can do whatever you want. That's fine. I'll give him a two. Um, Design. I think what you're saying earlier, they talked about they wanted him to be pear shaped. Did I? Did you say that? Or I didn't say that they wanted him to be pear shaped. Well, but they, they did. were They were very also specific about his coloring mm-hmm. stood out because it was very very different. The purples, the reds, the orchids, as you said. Yes. Also, uh, there's in several shots in his song. Oh, I love his song too, the mine. Yeah. Song about gold going back to songs. I do like But he his doesn't even get his song. own song. Freaking yeah, he John shares Smith. it with John Smith. Yeah, that's what happens. John Smith just comes in and takes whatever. <laughs> I'm going to sing this song now. Uh, but uh, that was another one I sang a lot as a child was Ratcliffe's <laughs> song. But there's a lot of shots up close of his face where his face is the entire screen. Yes. So there were a lot of artistic choices with that that i appreciate it that they did it well, made him drastically different so apparently they originally wanted him to be pear-shaped but then they started moving his mass up into his chest because mm. they thought it made him seem more arrogant and also a little imposing like yeah. not scary but like he's got i think some that's where his him. yeah as far as him being imposing that's where it comes from so i'll give him a three that's what that. i was gonna give him too okay go away he he's got a five for me like there, I mean, he just because he embodies the the racism and everything that is inherent in this movie and the yeah, issues. I will say that as well. And he's also the, the the one who 
lets it be known what he would like everyone to do with yes. Native Americans, as well as he doesn't he dig. He enforces it at one point. He doesn't, says, yeah, he doesn't dig because he's got a crick in his back, we find out <laughs> from a line in, in his song. But um, he really, he's really not a, yeah, yeah, there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities about him. Um, he had a one yes factor for me because I didn't really know much about him. I just, I like, I was excited when the song came up, but it was more for the song than him. I'm going to give him a one. You're going to give him a one too? So yeah. we're completely simpatico on this? I think so, yeah. Oh. So he got a 15 and that places him. I'm in the wrong spreadsheet. Well, and that's why I was surprised he's in Fantasmic. He's in some of these things in the parks is because he's not a memorable villain for me. When I think of villains, he's not <laughs> one of the ones I think of. Guess right? who he's tied with? Give me a hint. Donald Duck's libido. <laughs> oh, well, that was not a hint, but <laughs> that's funny. He's good there. Yes. So he's tied with uh, Amos Slade, Donald Duck's libido, that big chunk that's like the kind of, to me, the the the, the cream of the crap. <laughs> the, the characters we had issues with, honestly. Yes. Yeah. And he belongs yes. among them. So I don't, I think that's tied right now for uh, 39th. <laughs> Um, so yeah, guys, uh, we did it, uh, as, like we said earlier, please, please, please feel free to correct us or, or, or reach out and let us know, or just say something on the Facebook page. Uh, let we us also, know, oh. I was going to say, let us know if we've missed anything. We want to make sure all this week while we're uh, doing this, we want to make sure that we, you know, reach out with, with as much information as possible. Also let you guys know about some, um, Additional resources Additional where you can resources, learn more information. Places you can donate and help. Uh, one thing to look up, something that came up a few times is uh, the uh, you know a hashtag or, or a shortening, MMIW, which stands for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Uh, four out of five uh, Native women are affected by violence every day now, and that's something that you know there's a lot of groups doing that things like the coalition to stop violence against native women things like that that's something we can look at we'll be try that's just one that came up a lot i'll also be trying to put more information on the facebook page the twitter the instagram all that stuff so so help us also if you find something that you want to post up there this is a great time to do it yeah um i say this is a great time to do it realizing that you could be listening to this two years from now so it's always a great time to help it us is out with it is always a great time I just want to say one more time, we really want to encourage the discussion of this topic as well as what you thought about this episode. Uh, we're very open to your opinions and your feedback and your feedback as well as your additional information along the way. So we just want to make it not a well-rounded or a, a both-sided, but a, an open environment, a, a comfortable environment to... Yeah, we'd love to hear from more native voices or yeah, from people I, I who have like a way. Yeah, I don't know how I want to say it, but I, I just, I just want to make sure that we're not doing the same thing as the movie and going like both sides are welcome no, because no. one side is very much not welcome. Yes, <laughs> I, I want to welcome those voices. I guess is yes. what I'm trying. We're here to, to say. lift up voices that maybe aren't necessarily heard as much. So yeah, please, that's you know, a reach much out more to elegant us. way to say it. Thank you. No worries. Um, I'm, you know, you're. You lean on me. I lean on you. <laughs> how it works thanks um i have no idea oh i do know what our next movie is our next movie is uh is the hunchback of notre dame featuring the dulcet tones of one john <laughs> whose name will be last name will be bleeped out she's already shaking her head no i can't say it we i can't bleep just say out everyone else's last names when we say them so we're we gonna have bleep to. out his yeah oh. i just think that's how we should refer to him everyone in the podcast knows him as john beep <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, we are looking yeah. forward to Tara and John will be reconciling with their Catholic past, <laughs> and hopefully, also, if you listen to this and you have anything to reach out and say about their portrayal of the Romani people, that will also be something we would really appreciate and something we will cover. Yes, absolutely. Um, so thanks for sticking with us on this one, guys. I know it was it was a little different from what we've done in the past, but we appreciate it. We thought it was very important, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh